This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. How to Cultivate a Mindset About Our Emotions That Embraces Our Shadow Sides All too often, Dr. Paula Lake encounters people who have sought to hide away sides of themselves that they consider to be bad or unlovable. They find themselves spending energy and time trying to exile these parts of self, when in fact, these parts often need compassion and healing in order to dissolve their hold. She embraces and uses many approaches that allow people to investigate parts of self that have been exiled, using a model called Internal Family Systems, IFS, as well as other approaches such as EMDR, meditation, and hypnosis, for example. Each approach provides an opportunity to sit with the parts of us we seek to exile, understand their function, and to cultivate an attitude of compassion towards these parts, and to release maladaptive beliefs about self that are tied to these states. Valeria Telles interviews Dr. Paula Lake, a rehabilitation psychologist, podcaster, and speaker. Dr. Paula Lake has a passion for helping people heal and recover from past trauma and adversity so that they can release the burdens of their past, overcome emotional blocks, and develop tools and strategies to help them realize their potential and achieve personal goals. Dr. Lake adopts a mind-body approach to healing. She strives to help people create enduring change that manifests itself in the form of greater clarity, self-compassion, and increased sense of possibility greater connectedness to others and self, an ability to be present in the here and now, and a heightened sense of self-efficacy in their lives. Dr. Lake, owner of Lake Professional Psychology Corporation, provides services to the general public, as well as police officers and veterans to help them heal from exposure to trauma and the darker side of human tendencies. She draws from over 20 years of experience working with survivors of sexual abuse, accident victims, psychiatric clients, and those suffering from low self-esteem, grief, anxiety, or depression. As well as work in private practice, Dr. Lake hosts a podcast, The Dr. Lake Show. The focus of this show is to provide a platform to dialogue with experts and to provide insights about mental health, building resilience, healing from the past, and realizing personal dreams. Meet Dr. Lake at thedrlakeshow.ca. Here is the interview with Dr. Paula Lake. In your own words, who is Dr. Paola Lake? Um, Dr. Paola Lake is Italian-born Canadian. Came here when I was five years old and 
really I've uh, developed an interest in psychology. So I'm, I, I consider myself a person, the, the average person before I do a psychologist and uh, really who just went into this profession because I, in my heart as I was young, I uh, really discovered the value of of looking at ourselves and and self-development. And I started to do that at a young age. And I really sought out to try and have a positive contribution to the world. And it led me into the path that I'm taking right now, which is working with people and trying to help them as I do myself as well. Because there's nothing I don't do for others that I don't also try for myself. That's an interesting idea or a beautiful concept. To me, it comes as loving ourselves and others at the same time. This beautiful dance. Yes, it's a dance, a beautiful dance. Absolutely. Do you consider what you do now, Paola, a purpose, the purpose of your life or something different? I I think the purpose of my life, I, I have are about uncovering answers to questions about knowing self and how to to how do we live our best self how do we live in a place where we can uh, live up to a potential and that's a question and it's a pervasive question for me that i think drives a lot of the work that i do and it you know so i don't know if i have a purpose um, to fix, I have a purpose to discover. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that sounds really good to me. <laughs> so I have lots of warm-up questions for you. And mm-hmm. the first one, official one, is the idea of well, emotional well-being or being mentally healthy and balanced. How do you describe that? Is that a destination to get or it's something that we are always working on? I always thought of it as an art and a science to 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 our well-being, and I, I've never thought of it as a linear process that you achieve a final destination of wellness and that your challenges at that point are dissolved. Uh, you know, it's it's I I look at it really as a journey of well-being, and I because in life we encounter challenges, and they will bring out certain qualities in us that may uh, start to change the way that we approach life and sometimes put walls and limits around what's possible for us because of the things that have happened to us. So I think our well-being, I often, in a lot of the work I do is really, who were we before all the traumas and all the experiences that we encountered? And, And to find that place of that core self of who we actually are, let's say, without carrying all the burdens of past traumas and and, and struggles. And, and so a place of really coming to that core sense of who you actually are without trauma, without fear. And, um, and you know, those are very peaceful states we can get to. I just don't, I think it takes practice to to stay there. Do you have any spiritual practices, Paola, or spiritual beliefs? You know, I actually taught at St. Paul University, and it was actually a Catholic, historically a Catholic-based university. I was actually, you know, as you know, psychology, I'm a clinical psychologist, which we're, we're actually trained historically. It's changing a little bit 
but it's been very empirically based. I, th- I felt like the spirituality was kind of pulled out of that. But I have some spiritual ideas as part of my work, even as a trainer of, of master's level counselors, we did work on spirituality. And it's very hard for me to pinpoint how I would label it. But I will tell you one experience that I have as when I was working with my students. And what I did is I asked each of them to share a peak moment or a spiritual experience um, that they had. And and a spiritual experience for any one of them could have been sitting at uh, an ocean uh, on a beach and seeing the beautiful landscape and being touched by something that felt larger than self. And as we were uh, going through and sharing these spiritual experiences, there was a feeling in the classroom that that came up that was a feeling of us being connected and feeling in a place of peaceful connection and love. And that is hard to put into words, it, you know. And so I, I have those spiritual realms are the ones I think that are um, come from within. Uh, I'm not sure that I inherently, I'm not religious, um, but I do believe that we can have a spiritual experience from within us that kind of is a, develops a relationship we have with the rest of the world that can be inspirational or help us feel love and connected. And I think that's a beautiful thing, a beautiful place to get to. Another question I have for you that might relate to that is the purpose of the human experience. Have you thought about that or wondered what are, are we collectively here to do? Oh, the purpose of the, of the human experience. Uh, I've always centered it on growth. And I, I really believe that that growth is part of a life-giving journey so that when we are growing, we are developing as humans as, it, you know, we can live within our primitive automatic mindset or we can aspire to something that uh, brings us into being something more than what we were before. And um, I think that's, a, 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 for me, it's a nice way of thinking about that. I love the way you said earlier about fear, being able to experience life without fear or without trauma, that I always connect, as I said, off record, healing to spirituality. If we can navigate this reality without, in a human body without fear, then nothing gets closer to ah, what this is, in a way, the miracle of being here, of being alive, to me. Yeah. What are some of the misconceptions we have about healing, Paola? I have a sense that a lot of people are striving to get to the place where they imagine healing as being this ever-present state of serenity and, and calmness and being in control and, and that when that happens, we're healed. I, I don't know that I see healing that way. Healing for me is is a way where we can... Uh, establish a softer physical and emotional state within ourselves. Um, it's not inherently never experiencing adversity. It's it's your relationship to the adversity and that you develop a more compassionate relationship to the experiences that you're witnessing inside of you. Uh, you know, it's not about 
eliminating feelings because you know we our fabric of of human experience is to have all experiences and is to have fear and joy and and pleasure so healing for me is changing the relationship we have with ourselves and with the uh, the fabric of all the parts of self that that includes who we are. We are not unidimensional. And when we embrace that, it, I, it creates a softening internally and, and I think a greater open-heartedness, even compassion towards others. I love that wisdom. Yes, it goes back to what I call self-love, unconditional self-love, unconditional acceptance. For me, it has been the door to what I call freedom on my own terms. And it's recognizing our own humanity and and um, having some compassion for 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 that. That you know we, we're not perfect human beings. That we're we're flawed and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's okay to be imperfect, right? Yes. <laughs> and we see that in nature actually. Everything is so imperfect and perfect at the same time. That's how I see humans just we are not apart from nature. We are nature. For some reason, we forget that <laughs> and we search for perfection, for destinations, for a place to stay, as you said earlier. Yes, it's it's and I and I actually think it it contributes to to further discontent. And, you know, I, I as much as I appreciate a lot of uh, the positive orientation that we even see online and I I completely support and endorse it. I, I also understand, though, that the people who have not dealt with their own grief or fear or sadness and and they just pursue positivity in, in, in an effort to exile parts of themselves, um, unfortunately, it can keep them stuck. And, and so I think having a place where people can learn how to embrace and relate to their emotional landscape um, I think can can create a much more um, whole sense of wholeness inside rather than a fractured sense. Sometimes I, I'm very aware of these uh, practices, healing practices, and I, I have done a lot of work myself, but I still sometimes fall into this idea of looking for parts of life and, and trying to hold down to them, the positive, as you said, the good. Is it something of um, the nature of the mind too, Paula, that we can, like the dance, as we said earlier? Perhaps. I, I, I think our, our, our everything has changed with, with media because right now it's so much easier for people that, uh, to, to have, make comparisons and evaluate their worth and themselves relative to what they see. I, I'm a big believer in cultural hypnosis and you know, the idea that we reflect a lot of what is mirrored back to us in our culture and and that that's, that becomes the idealism that we strive for. You know, I come from an Italian culture which is um, has, has, a, has a slightly different relationship to emotions. And as you may know, people have commented on emotional Italians. But having said that, my experience, I remember with my grandmother and we would have you know, in Italy, and we would have these gatherings. And it, the the conversations would be rich with moments of joy and moments of tears and moments of, 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 of expression. And we felt 
close to each other. There was an intimacy and it was a connection. And I, my experience in North America has been um, that in many situations, um, there's not a lot of space for expression of, of the variety of, of emotional experiences that we have a negative uh, reaction to people at times when they're not in center or they're expressing something of vulnerability. And I, I think we have room to grow here in our culture, even though we have these wonderful pockets of community resources and, and online resources. I'm talking as a general culture, if you look at even politics, if you look through all the different industries where the relationship to emotions are very different. Yeah, I'm wondering what can we do to, um, I mean, we are doing, I guess, already, to change, <laughs> right, to create awareness. Yeah, this is part of the what the podcast is all about. And and you have your own podcast, too, uh, titled Dr. Lake Show Podcast. Talk to me for a moment about that. I want to go back to the topic of shadow sides and how to heal that. But before, talk to me about your show, your podcast show. My my show is actually an extension of what I had been doing for for years uh, with local radio, and because my question always has been how do we how do we deal with adversity, and how do we go back and find uh, our sense of self of the persons that we identified before the adversity, and and that's the part of self that sometimes we feel gets lost. You know, I, I work with RCMP officers, for example, and and all the exposures, which are police, all the exposures that they, they witness um, alter. And, and they'll often say, I'm not the same person I was. I used to be curious. I used to be spontaneous. I used to enjoy life and, and just be in the moment. And so I, that's always been a burning question for me, even from the time I was young is, you know, how do we do that? And, and if adversity is inevitable, then how do we get, get there? And, and I was interested at the time in interviewing uh, a number of guests and I, and I still am, I'm, I'm going through a bit of a, a revisional process right now. So I, I've taken a few months of reprieve, but, um, but that is, in essence, still what I'm 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 working for, and and what motivates me. You wrote me. Uh, I'm not sure if you wrote that to me for the interview, or you have this on your website. But you said often the experiences of negative states are tied to past negative experiences, as you said, and they tend to guide life decisions and choices. By facing the fear. Its power to guide decisions will alter. So what leads us, what drives us to find out, to explore that inner landscape and do the self-discovery, the healing work? Is that something that takes deeper suffering or it can happen in a different way? To do the healing work and whether whether we need to go through a deeper suffering in order to get there. Yeah, because it was my case and it has been the case for many people that I talk to. I really, I do think it it may involve uh, that suffering. I, I feel I was blessed at a very young age. I had a mother who very much uh, created a space to, to deal with emotions that was very healing and um, and that was a, a blessing that I had. But I do actually think that when we have put 
certain experiences and we've closeted them or we've made efforts to distance ourselves from them, that in in our effort to work on healing them, it does mean actually um, to to face the emotions that we we want to escape and run from. And I, you know, the, if we don't acknowledge the parts in us that are still suffering, uh, those parts will continue to have an influence in in the decisions we make in our lives. And we may it may be outside of our awareness. And that's why I think that initial task of heightening your self-awareness is very important. And that's so true that we try to escape them, but it's um, only by addressing them, embracing them, understanding those feelings that we can free ourselves from them. It's challenging to understand. It is challenging. I think, I think what, this is one of the things that would be nice is if we, we, if we took away the negative judgments we have about certain emotions and states of ourselves. Um, this part of me is weak. This part of me is, uh, you know, I need to hide it away or it's, it's going to take over. And I think there's lots of fears. There's reasons and perhaps sometimes even adaptive reasons that we want to get away from emotions if we've been flooded by them. If if we don't know how to deal with the intensity of those feelings. And perhaps it has taken you down a, a path that didn't feel safe. And, you know, I, I do think sometimes we need support in navigating emotions that we have perhaps um, exiled and need support in creating a context that you can sit with those emotions and um, instead of having judgment on them, to be curious about them. And often one of the things I will do when people stay with those and, and connect with those states is it, it often traces back to an early experience. And sometimes we forget that it traces back to an early experience. And, and you know, it's much easier, I find, to do that healing when we go back to that experience. Another possibility that I have seen around me for continuing to hold on to these uh, shadow sides or hiding them is the identification with them. I see that a lot of us have created this sense of identity around those um, negative feelings and emotions. We have had even nicknames for it. I had I met people who would be called fire because they tend to be explosive and emotionally raw and even rude. They keep holding on to that as a way of connecting with others, even people around them, so, because they know who they are or the way they have been. So they continue to to stay the way they stay. I noticed that around me, some people around me, even myself too, back then. So does it make sense somehow, Paula, that we do that, hold down to our identity? Um, yes, absolutely. And a big focus of my work is on trauma. And, you know, I, I as a psychologist, um, one of the things that I've struggled with is the idea of even diagnosing. Um, uh, because yeah. as much as I, you know, the actual original intent of diagnoses was uh, set out to ease the communication between clinicians and um, so that we could better 
communicate without as much detail. And it, it's, it morphed into, you know, uh, I guess in some respects it has utility. I think one of the issues around it is that people develop their identity around mm, it. Right. And much of, you know, I, I am at, at a foundational level a humanist. Um, I actually do not believe we are defined by any one of our states. <laughs> And I also believe that there is a part of us that is not touched in trauma. So the model that I adopt is is one that I really um, I have a lot of uh, appreciation for. It's called internal family systems. And that one operates from the idea of multiplicity of selves and that we are um, at, we have a core self. And but as we encounter adversity in our lives, um, we start picking up protective mechanisms um, to keep us safe. And so I actually do not, I think it's important for people not to identify themselves with any particular state to understand them just as that. Yeah. You do use different approaches to help your clients with these um, issues of trauma and uh, hiding the shadow sides. And some of them that you mentioned is um, the IFS, Internal Family Systems, and also the EMDR, Meditation and Hypnosis, among others, right, Paola? Yes, yes. Would you like to talk to, to the audience about some of these healing methods? Do you use all of them with the client? Do you try them all? Or it's something that it depends case by case. I, I, I do tailor. Uh, I have to keep in mind what I'm doing with each client because of the varying severity of trauma that some of them might go through. Um, but I will, one of the most important pieces that I, um, when I'm working with my clients, is that change does not happen at just at an intellectual level. And so it's not a matter of how much you know, but it is a matter of what you experience in your body. And and so EMDR, internal family systems, uh, even hypnosis, they all, even focusing, which is another technique, but they're all, they connect that body, body experience with the emotions that we have. Emotions are felt in the body. And when we shift, when something shifts in us, it's often touching us at a at a physical level. There's a an opening. There's a the tightening that you experience starts to dissolve. And so whether it might be tapping or or EMDR or uh, all of those incorporate a combination of the mind body. And I think those are important parts to healing. Um, is to have the experience shift in the body as well. That's uh, interesting to see how this is very clear that everything's connected. Body, mind, emotions, everything, and the spiritual self. Yeah, I do believe in one. I'm not sure if that's a belief system anymore, but everything is whole. There's nothing that's not life itself. It's not nature, just being itself. Mm-hmm. I love the idea, and I also love the idea that what you said about that there is a part of us that is untouched by trauma. And then I wonder if we can live there. It seems like we can't stay there permanently. We are always, perhaps 
not dancing in the sense of uh, losing balance in, in an extreme sense, but there's this um, movement. It's life itself happening. So I love the idea of uh, going back to unconditional acceptance, unconditional love, and just embracing life as it is in ourselves. Has been for me the most uh, absolutely healing. Thing. I, I I think um, you know it's it's almost a process of think of it like exercise. You know, we we need to go and do our fitness classes and and maintain. And I I do think we we need to exercise our well being and 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 have it as a practice because if doesn't we don't have to look very far to see trauma. Mm, true. And you have to <laughs> yes. Very far to experience <laughs> yeah. adversity, and so, true. so it is. Um, I think maybe we go through opportunities for multiple healings through the course of our lifetime, and uh, and hopefully that each time we do it, it just uh, rejuvenates you for that period of time and helps you alter your viewpoint, your perspective. Yeah. You mentioned before about intellectual understanding. It's easy to say and uh, even repeat these things, um, what I just yeah. said about unconditional self-love and, and self-acceptance. But it has been a practice, in the practice, and for me, in a sense of experience, doing so many things. Yes, not necessary therapy. I don't think I ever done that, but I did energy healing because I'm kind of very interested in in spirituality, so I went in that, in that direction, looking for different ideas, concepts, meditation, and um, engaging with that. But yeah, everything for me, it was a practice, and it still is. And it is a practice, yeah. And well, you know, we're in a very, unfortunately, a, I think historically, a secular culture that has valued productivity over well being. And I think. As much as I think we're shifting and moving, I think there's a ways to go for it for it to actually become part of our uh, a cultural practice, which I think would be a beautiful thing if we everyone taught their children and at a young age um, to I think they would get a head start in in being able to deal with um, the challenges that life has. Beautiful message and reminder for all of us. Yeah, I'm not a mother, but. I do have lots of mother around here, <laughs> the podcast, yeah, yes. very good message. Thank you so much again, Paola, for your beautiful presence today with our conversation, everything you do, the way you do it. Uh, yeah, it's just beautiful to me. <laughs> I keep saying well, thank that. Thank you very much. <laughs> and it's great to have uh, people like you that are, that are doing this work and sharing the information. I, I think it's going to be very valuable for everybody. I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything else that we left out or didn't discuss? Um, no, I, my hopes are always that people that um, have experienced stuckness in their life and have not known how to to access the right help and resources is that they can continue to do to do the search. I think it's worthy um, for people to continue. I think if we continue to strive, sometimes that gem shows up in our lives. And I just want to encourage people to not give up on that journey and keep keep looking. Yeah, yeah. What is another word for healing? Hmm, good question. What, what came up for me was life-giving, life-giving. Yes. 
And my last question is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body? Self-compassion, um, acceptance, and um, embracing, embracing all that there is and without judgment. Yes, a trillion times, <laughs> if, I could, <laughs> if I could say more, <laughs> I would. Yeah. Ah, yes, 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 yeah. Thank you so much, Paola, for saying Thank that again. <laughs> yes. And before we say goodbye, uh, where can we find more information about you, your services, products, and future projects? Um, certainly, uh, uh, my uh, podcast website, uh, the Doctor Lake Show. Uh, ca. That one is um, uh, available on YouTube and, and also on different podcasts. And uh, if anyone is interested in looking at more information about my practice, certainly they can go to the Doctor. Uh, sorry, um, drlake.ca. Wonderful. I'll have those two links on your podcast profile too. Thank you very much. Thank you so much again, Paola. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> bye for now. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Paula Lake and her work, please visit thedrlakeshow.ca. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.